In this episode of 9to-Y Talks, the cast and creator of Netflix's Dear White People, including Justin Simeon, Logan Browning, Antoinette Robertson, and Ashley Blaine Featherson, discuss the new season of the hit series with BuzzFeed's Sylvia Obell. The conversation was recorded on July 29th, 2019, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Are you excited for season three of Dear White People? I am. Okay. So, nah, I, no. <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. I came from Los Angeles. Are y'all excited? <laughs> better, better. It's hard making a TV show. Right? Give it up. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, so obviously we have Justin here with us, Logan, Antoinette, Ashley. You guys know who you, they are, I know, because we all love the show. So I want to get right into the questions so we don't waste any more time. I'm going to start with Justin, because you created it. That's what they say. <laughs> Allegedly. And, you know, it seems like from what the... The promo for this season was very much like spring, flowers, growth, you know, all of these things. Can you talk about why this, like how this season is setting up for the character's development from what the, the things that were exposed in season two? Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I just wanted them to get a little weird. I feel like we're in a new era of TV where like, you can't just, you don't want to watch, I don't want to watch the same season over and over again. And I wanted, I wanted to see them grow even past like the personalities that we love about them. Like we love who they are, but you know, the truth is, is like sometimes we get so caught up in celebrating ourselves, which we need to do all the time because nobody else will, but sometimes we can get accidentally stuck mm -hmm. in what we were and who we were. And I wanted to see what happens when we get a little bit weird and we see the characters grow past the point that you normally get to watch in a TV show. Right. That's kind of what the impetus to that was. Got it, got yeah. it. And, you know, I want to talk about who Sam, Coco, and Janelle are in season three, right? So let's start with Logan, because when we left Sam, she was grieving the loss of her father. By the way, I love that episode. I love seeing the three of you guys come together on that little girl's trip. That was real cute to me. Did you guys like that episode? I did. <laughs> So can we talk about what to expect from our dear Sam in season three as far as like what, without giving too much away, like what kind of growth is she searching for here? Well, uh, hi you guys, good evening. <laughs> um, at the end of season two, Sam is at a complete loss. She's been through so much in her life at that point in a short period of time that she just decides that she's done. And, and she just kind of throws it out there. And I think even in the moment when she said that, she wasn't sure what that meant or like what it meant to her. And as she continued to explore it, she realized, you know, the radio show is where she started in terms of her movement. And it, it, was, it used to be a tool that was fun and it was helpful and it, it, it amplified her voice in a positive way but it ended up being kind of like her kryptonite. And so um, she notices that her BFF is like always amazing and always fantastic on the mic. And she so graciously takes it over. Um, and so in the meantime, Sam is wondering, number one, who she is outside of the radio show. And also like schoolwork. So she's working on her documentary thesis, which she has no idea what she's really doing, and that's a lot of her story, figuring that out. Yeah, I mean, it took me a while to figure out my thesis, too. I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing either. Relatable content, as always. You bring up, Janelle, so I want to speak to our new host of the radio show. Yes. And our girl is in a relationship. She's in love. Yes. I, you know, at least Spoiler when we left, alert. I hope it stays. <laughs> <laughs> I know all my comments on Ashley's uh, Instagram are, let you better do right by my girl this season. I don't have time for his foolishness. Yeah. We waited too long for this, black man. Do right by our girl. <laughs> it's been a long road. Uh, yeah, so Joelle is doing the most this season, guys. Like, <laughs> literally the most. Um, but it's exciting because for me, I think that you get to see her do everything you've been salivating for her to do since season one. Um, you get to see her a little bit more independent. You get to see her 
explore the concept of a relationship. You get to see her outside of her relationship with Sam. Um, and you get to see her, like everybody else, figure out who she is and who, not so much who she is, but who she wants to be. Because, um, you know, Joelle's a sophomore, and, you know, I don't know how many people are sophomores or have been sophomores in college, but it's a very interesting time in your life because being 19, and a black girl at a PWI is not easy. Um, and you get to see kind of the depth of that. And you get to see a lot of um, hard conversations that Joelle has, particularly with Sam and with Reggie, which I think um, a lot of people will um, relate to. Nice, nice, I'm excited. So Coco, hey girl, hey, hey Antoinette. <laughs> um, so last season we saw Coco go through it, you know, we figured out her self-identity, like a lot of people are. And this season, you know, I feel like she's still on her bad and bougie, still trying to take over world domination. But I also hear we get to meet her mother this season. <gasps> it's so unreal, guys. Oh, my God. I can't even explain it to you. Um, but, like, yeah, we see Coco throwing herself into her schoolwork. And then this tornado of her mother arrives. And Yvette Nicole Brown is amazing. Like, yes. come on now. Give it up for Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes. It was, and I silently prayed for her, but I wouldn't tell him who it was because I didn't want to jinx it. And then when I saw her name, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Um, it, was, it was amazing. But it's, it's nice to see her being um, confronted with her past or still her present, but like her home, where she's from and what she tries to project to the world. So when you see those two worlds collide and then also not necessarily dealing with issues that she, she kind of hasn't processed, um, she comes to a couple of revelations and it's, it's pretty, pretty nice to see her evolve into a more aware young lady. <laughs> Part of what we love about Dear White People is how it always is so spot on with takes about culture and politics. I, I feel like season one, I made a reference to like, it was like watching my Twitter timeline, like in real yeah, life, come yeah. together. Um, can you talk about what about today's cultural and political climate we may get to see yeah, I mean, you know, the reason we do some, the reason we're so shady, and it's not just me, it's not just me, y'all. I know I'm shady, I got it, but my writers are shady as hell as well. And part of it is that, like, I think we're trying to create a space in black popular culture where you can examine the things that you love. Like, because we have to fight so hard to get in these spaces, it's like, no, it's the best ever. And it's like, yeah, but can there be space for us to talk about it and, and how that made us feel? And, and, you know, like, even though, yes, of course we love X, Y, Z, but like, but let's get into it though. Let's not pretend like we don't see certain things, you know? So that's really where the spirit of it comes from. And I think that, you know, I mean, we hit on a few things this season, but I, okay, I'll say this. The, the big thing coming up this season that we really take on is something that frankly, like I've been a part of, which is like the new generation of black filmmakers and black storytellers and this sort of new, like, you know, where you can see something like Insecure Atlanta, Dear White People all on at the same time, you know, the same shows, like f different aspects of the black experience like can happen at the same time. So we're not like crabs in a barrel. The thing about that is that we have this kind of nose in the air at some of the stuff that came before. Yeah. Some of our, you know, forebears, the people who opened the doors that we're walking through. And some of that shade, I think, you know, it should have been thrown. But I, there's a, I wanted to open up a space to talk about what we aren't doing, though, that they did better. You know, I'm talking about Tyler Perry. I'm talking about, you know, Ice Cube. I'm talking about the people who came in that in-between time between Spike Lee and, you know, Barry Jenkins. Like, we was, it was a drought for a minute, okay? And I spent a lot of time in, the, in my early career, like, kind of shading some of that form of entertainment. But in the, the real truth of the matter is, though, is that there should be room for all of us. And we should have a, an appreciation for our history, because nobody else is. Nobody's going to keep our history for us. And so we really kind of get into that. And, you know, I shade my own show a couple times <laughs> in this show. You'll see. Uh, but there's a line about if another black person argues to jazz or something <laughs> that uh, makes me giggle, because that's what we do, you know? I think, our, I think our role in culture is to come for the status quo even when that's us. And I, and, I, and I hope we did that a lot this season. I think we did. I'm looking forward to that, yes. So I want to ask the ladies as well, what, were, what topical touchstone did you guys enjoy most this season? Like, without being too specific, whether it's like, reality TV or if it was mental health or if it was, you know, 
PTSD, sex, you know, there's also lots, there's usually a lot of sex talk going on in Dear White People. Like, you mentioned things about relationships. Which one stands out to you overall in the season as what you're most looking forward to us seeing? Oh, but it could be other people's storylines? Yeah, it doesn't have to be yours. Okay. Ooh, let's make it somebody else's yes. storyline. Yeah, let's make it that. Uh, I'll, I'll choose what's going on with Muffy. Oh. <laughs> Wait. Go right I, to the T. Can I talk about it? I think, I don't know. In like a roundabout way? In a roundabout yeah, like a way. Round, let's roundabout. do it. Let's do it roundabout. So that the kids, like, let's make the kids like go back and be like, wait, what did they say? Okay. Oh, that's what they was talking. So let's make them do that. There's something going on with the character on the show, Muffy, that I just think is really powerful. And as a woman, uh, it has made me assess how I uh, handle and talk about what's going on with other women and how I need to be very empathetic towards that and I need to be very um I need to listen I need to be uh understanding of what other people are going through even though it may not be my experience and uh people need to be believed mm -hmm. Whew, that's real Ash you did a good job of that I tried guys <laughs> I tried yeah. <laughs> I would say that a cup two particular individuals deal with having past experiences haunt them a little bit mm. because they haven't particularly dealt with the trauma that they endured. And I think PTSD is something that we need to have a conversation about and, and also mental health within the black community. That's what I'm gonna say. She's talking about me, so. <laughs> um, God, there is so many, uh, so many storylines. So much this season. Um, I will say what, um, th I think this season touches on the fact that not everyone who goes to an Ivy League school has Ivy League money. And um, I love that because I heard a lot of feedback personally from people who were like, why aren't you touching on this? You know, that um, my parents like, you know, either scraped to get me here or, you know, What's happening? Eight. She's going to go for eight. Oh, people are getting indexed. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh. oh, those are the question cards. She's very professional. <laughs> We're being auctioned. Girl, I was like, is I she handing like a, out chips and cookies? I, know, I was like, do I need it something? It was like an air bottle. I was told there's a panel, okay? Now y'all trying to get out us? Y'all trying to sell us to the get out people? Listen, uh, she was addressing the emergency <laughs> exits. I was like, okay, yeah. How much for the Negro in the hat? <laughs> This is actually an auction. <laughs> you don't want to be a part of that kind of auction. No, not that one. Maybe like a dating auction. I don't know. Ha ha, surprise. No, cute one. Continue. It's a cute auction. I'm so sorry, Logan. Continue. That's it. That's the, that's the tweet. <laughs> and, and wait, and Logan, I'll add that it's a surprising, it's not a character you surprise! think. Surprise! Right? It's not a character you would think. No, it? you're right. So Who's not a character? I've, I lost the thread. What? Like the character going through, like, maybe not having all the money, you know, struggling to get yeah. it. Yeah. Unlikely character. Yeah, as if I didn't write it. Yeah. No, it's, you're right. Remember, Justin? You remember? Vaguely. Remember what you wrote? Like vaguely. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, I hear that. I went to Columbia for grad school, and I'm still paying off those loans. <laughs> so it's not, okay, I see you. I see you, sis. We pay. We gonna get through together, okay? Um, so, just... <laughs> Paid off the loans, right? Yeah. So, um, more than ever, you guys are—you brought up Muffy, and you guys are talking about different characters. And more than ever, season three feels like a full ensemble show where you are. What made you want to build out the storylines of the additional characters this season? It's all about—it's not all about representation in like a lame, vague corporate presentation way. It's about representation in that like. My purpose is to make space for our stories. And it's, you can't do everybody's story and everything, but with our show, for those first two seasons, I wanted you to stop and look at these characters because these characters are all people who don't exist in other movies at the time when we first came out. Now I, I love the fact that I feel, I, see, I feel like I see Lionel's everywhere, I see Coco's everywhere. I'm not saying I'm responsible for that, but it, like we all kind of came 
No, I'm not because <laughs> no, because you know um, Barry Jenkins was out there and Donald Glover was out. There were different yeah, no, versions yeah, of mm-hmm. black men, but it's like now it's like I, I don't have to make a thing just to see a thing, right. and it felt like it was time to open up that narrative just a little bit. Now that we've gotten to know these people and kind of let let the band play a little bit, you know, and and free ourselves up narratively. There's still like you still kind of get the show from a person's point of view at a time, but now we'll give you four points of views in one episode. So you really, like, we bring you all the way into the heart of the drama, and then we'll take you right outside, and we'll take you to the kids that are affected by it, and we'll take you to the kids that are causing it, you know, so that you can really get an, a look at what's happening on campus uh, this time around. And it felt, it felt good to me. It felt, it felt like we needed to make that shift. It felt good to us, too. Yeah. It did. Yeah. It, and, it, and it just, I, I get bored with myself. I think after Breaking Bad, especially, you really, I just, I get irritated when a show comes back and it's kind of the same thing that it was yeah, last season. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I just was... Something fresh, something new. And out. I love an ensemble. Like, I love all those movies where there's like 50 characters and you same, just have to be like following them. Like, he's not just that into you, whatever the title is, or stuff like that. Like, I love those movies. So I'm excited to see you guys play. Give us like a, diff- you know. Yeah, mm, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um... You, I want to throw to a clip that features all of these characters. I think in our next clip has a few of them who are not here today. So can we throw to the second clip and get to see everybody play a bit? They have no idea what we're talking about. At all. <laughs> I love it. entertaining. I love it because I love all when you guys all get together. Because literally down to like the expressions. Like I know Joel's going to hit with a... A head drop, and like, I know Sam's gonna laugh at somebody. Somebody quoted scripture, which I enjoy always. So, like, I think it's just Reggie's being Reggie in the corner and all white. Yeah. The costumes, I was like, okay, I was checking out the wardrobe. This sassy, nice. sassy, say her name. Nice. She's only got one, sassy. <laughs> she's, a, she's a genius, like, really. Yeah. I mean, she invented a lot of those looks that people reference, like, in like a different, like, she did a different world. Like, that was her show. I mean, we're still in a different, you know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. still stuck in that fashion perspective that's this woman she's alive she exists we have her it's amazing yeah yeah um a new another character who we haven't seen before comes on the scene too why are you looking at me like that because it's you oh my god what that's right you know i I wanted a bigger reaction (laughs) i said because it's justin you were good it's too late it's too late (laughs) I mean, he's. I mean, he's writing. He's acting. He's doing all directing, show running. No, never that. Never that. And still has time to give you a little shade on the timeline. Like, where does he have the time? Okay. So let's talk about. Is acting something you always wanted to do? Or is it something that you just kind of were like, oh, let's try this? I became the storyteller that I am at a performing arts high school in Houston, Texas. Okay. Uh, praise God for the magnet program uh, in Love Houston, Texas. Love a good bus uh, program bus as well. Into town, the good Child. place. Shout out. Both you of those. Have to wait up at six a.m. to catch the bus. Both of those situations <laughs> saved my whole life. So I actually, I've been acting. I enjoy acting. I just never wanted to be an actor. That wasn't like my pur- my purpose was to to tell you know stories as a film director. Um, and this particular character came out of a conversation with Ty. Tyler Perry, where uh, he reached out to me and was like, yo, do we have beef? <laughs> and I was like, hi, Tyler Perry. You know, I like I'm such a geek, you know. And, you know, of course we don't. And I, I got to tell him some things that I've felt in my heart but never got a chance to say out loud, which is, you know, I think that my movie came out, my career really starts with the words F Tyler Perry because the, the girl that plays Sam, Marie Burke, who's doing well <laughs> somewhere as well uh, in the teaser trailer for Dear White People. That's the first line out of her mouth. And in a lot of ways, like not being Tyler Perry was how I was able to brand myself very early. But then I made my little movie and I was, I'm all radical and I'm all little cute. Movie. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm doing some new black shit. How you doing? And we start screening and, you know, now I'm on the other side of the Q&A line and my shit is not black enough. It's not gay enough. It's not, it ain't tell your story. What about the people from over here? You got this accent wrong. You know, I'm now on the other side of it. I'm like, oh, that's right. This is like a pie eating contest where the, the prize is more pie. It's like, you know, you do all of this work to try to, like, change something. But it's not enough because we're starved for content. And when you see something new, you love it, but it also makes you go, but what about this? What about that? And, I, and it literally clicked for me. I was like, oh, it's not Tyler Perry's fault. 
See, here's what I'm talking about. And it Y'all comes, got a question, yes or no? Take the card. It, and it comes <laughs> at a highlight in the monologue, so I'm like, oh, there, I'm going for a high price right now. But um, no, but it was, I just wanted to say that I actually do respect what he did. And, and, I, and I, don't, I don't see myself in opposition to him. And, you know, my family loves his stuff. Is that He doesn't make stuff for me. He makes stuff for an audience. And that audience deserves stuff. Yeah. I like Medea. Yeah. They deserve, they, they deserve <laughs> these stories. I ain't mad at it. You know, I'll be popping in, too, to some of the episodes. That's right, ma'am. That's, that's the thing. That's the other no, thing. No, he was, I mean, work, he, we were yeah. working. And he, he figured out how to, how to hire black people, not just as the actors, but the crew. I mean, it was very He's diverse. He literally made black millionaires. He literally like, that's the thing. the system. Yeah. We were syndicated after three seasons, meaning we did over a hundred episodes, meaning they were able to rerun the episodes, meaning we got paid yeah. more. Like, he figured that out. So I, brilliant. I, I said that to him and I said, you know, I have this fan fiction idea where Tyler Perry comes to campus and Sam, who really is minded very much like I was when I was 19, uh, you know, in terms of like black film and have that conversation out in public. And, you know, he wasn't available. And I felt like, OK, if it was if I just stick somebody in the role, it's going to look like parody. And it's not parody. It's homage. It's tribute. That's really where it comes from. And so literally we're doing it in the writer's room and I'm reading the lines and we all like, collectively was like, it should just be you. And that's what it was. OK. Yeah. Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at that clip of you yes. as the actor. <laughs> you guys, Justin was so much fun to work with. I was going to ask you, what was it like working with Justin as a, as a co? And Justin, first of all, he was having so much fun because Kimberly Pierce directed this episode. So he was just like, I'm just playing. I'm direct here to me, play. Direct yeah, me. Like, literally just here to play. Going to try everything. And Justin's the kind of actor, like, he between scenes, he likes his character. So he's staying in character more than not. And I'm like, can you stop, <laughs> please? I'm very confused. No, he was, Justin's amazing. And everyone around set was like, oh my God, Justin's a great actor. I'm like, what'd you expect? <laughs> like, Listen, I don't know. I'm from Houston, are. Texas. <laughs> you get good at as much things as you can get good in. Listen, <laughs> the resume to... is strong for H-Town, okay? Yeah. Um, all right, okay. So I want to ask you guys too, because you mentioned the set and behind the scenes. And I feel like if I could pick any Netflix show that I would want to just be on set for, it would be Dear White People. Because it always looks like so much fun. The little... <laughs> we're in. We're insane. Like, insane. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. And, yeah. and Ashley, talk to me a bit about you know behind the scenes of the show and how you know the cast. It seems like you guys have really become like a family. We're a family. Like, and I feel like, I mean, there's some people who had known each other, had pre-existing relationships before the Netflix series, but like we've all come together and become like the most insane quirky family and it's always all love like I'm obsessed with these people it's insane um either it's Duran jumping on tables during lunchtime or we start randomly bursting out first we'll sing trap music and then be singing gospel it's five the seconds it's later the it's the black experience what do you mean that's how we do <laughs> I think that we um I think that it helps that we're in a college show because it naturally adds to like the energy that we want to stay together, we want to eat lunch together, we pop into people's trailers, because that's kind of the energy of college. Um, I think it helps that we genuinely enjoy each other also. Uh, but it's the best, because we actually, we have, we like our jobs. We have fun coming to work. We like being challenged by the material. And we're always surprised by something, whether it's performance or something that's happening with the direction or a costume that's in my trailer. I'm like, okay, this is what she's wearing today. Okay, like whatever it may be. So it makes it just a super enjoy. I always say I'm so spoiled. I don't know what I'm going to do. God forbid when this ends. Like I don't, what am I going to do? Just be walking around miserable in another show? Like I don't know. I, I have no idea. It's like when you're part of a group of people where people are obsessed with every single thing that they do, like our writers are amazing Justin, I don't think he sleeps. He's like, I don't, he's he's doing everything on top of everything. They're running lines, like, <laughs> they're like walking and talking about, first they'll talk about yoga and they'll break into lines and like, 
be running lines at the same time or people are like sitting down and or or like when we did do like really big emotional scenes like when we did that scene and and scene one like we all prayed before we decided to embark on oh, that with reggie yeah. yeah because it, we knew that the story that we were telling was far more important than just a show like they're 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 people losing their lives and we took it very seriously so it's like i'm just so fortunate exactly what ashley says everything is just i love it yeah, and you brought up about, you know, how dear white people, you can take the Reggie episode you were talking about where the cop pulls a gun up on him at the party that Barry Jenkins directed, one of my favorite episodes of the series, um, to laughing about a reality show, to the shows within the show, which I can't wait to see what the show within the show is this year. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple? There's a few. Do we get a network? <laughs> Yo! But there's an idea. Netflix, pay me money. I love it. That's cute. That's a cute idea. Right? That's a really good idea. Like bring back you, like a UPN <laughs> channel. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll hire. Let's shoot a little. We'll hire. Okay. okay, okay I'm so sorry. Woo. Wow. Well. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, some UPN fans in the house. Like, come on. I love Moesha. Wear a T-shirt. Prove it. Wear a T-shirt. I listen. I love. I love what was on UPN. I'm not saying you know, but I, but my doesn't but exist my, anymore. Had a <laughs> crowd and you lost them, Justin. You, you lost. You had them and you lost them. Bye. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready for me. I'll come back. No. <laughs> But you um, you do a good job of mixing like comedy with drama, which isn't easy because sometimes it can make the drama feel cheaper. It can make the comedy feel forced. How do you? Can you talk a little bit about your process about like the balance? It's just in there? the sauce. Though. It's already a, It's in the sauce already. It's like I, when I write, I can't help it. You know, it's. I think part of it is because I'm writing from a place of I'm trying to observe something. I'm trying to like show us something. I'm trying to explore something. And when and that's just what life is. Like anything that you're really looking at. Has like positives and negatives and weird angles and shadows and gray areas and I just that's just what comes out when I write you know when I'm trying to be serious I start getting shady and funny when I try to be funny I start getting serious it's 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 just in there it's not something I try to do you know got it um ladies I want to ask you guys what is what do you love most about bringing your particular character to life? Because we've, you guys have been talking a lot about other people's characters. But I want to hear from each of you, at this stage of the game in season three, we've really got to grow with these women and see them go through some very difficult things. What, and some happy moments too, right? So like, what, but what do you hold dear about this representation that you're giving through each of these characters? Well, that's what I was going to say. I love the representation that Joelle provides. I love... Uh, being contacted by young women all over the world who say that Joelle is the first time they're seeing themselves on television. It's really powerful. Um, and truthfully, I think, I think that's why we're doing this. You know, if we're not um, able to be mirrors for other people that are, that are consuming this content, and we're not able to be mirrors for ourselves, then what are we really doing? So that's my favorite part, is I get to play someone that's dark and funny and smart and beautiful and complex on television because we exist. We're real people and so we deserve to be um, represented. So I'm grateful. Yes, yes. Clap it up, clap it up. That was a good one, yes. Why do I love playing about Coco? Coco's fun, guys. I, I, I don't think I could so do it. I couldn't do it. You get to be bad like I, all day long. That's what you do. But it's like, it's like some of the things she says could go so left, uh. but like it's so much more fun if it goes all the way left. <laughs> and it's just, it's I don't know. I just I'm obsessed with this character. It's so much fun. Um, and it's funny. Like I feel like before this whole thing, like I kind of played the girly girl a little bit, but I was everybody knows they'll see me in my hair glasses on and some sweatpants like 90% of the time um, but like I feel like what I love about Coco is I've started to understand that there's such beauty and strength and vulnerability and also like femininity um, at first I was like oh my god the girls that are in the mirror for two and a half hours for a beat why it shouldn't take more than five you know what I mean like that kind of judgmental way of looking at it and then there's a part of me that was like okay well whatever you need to do in life to make you feel your best to go out in the world to present whatever put whatever foot you want to put forward it take whatever amount of time it takes like that's your choice it's your body and you should feel most comfortable in it so I just love that it's kind of given me a different sense of 
perspective on a couple of different things. And then also like having her deal with really big issues, like women's health issues. Like the the one thing that really, really like kind of shook me up a little bit was falling completely in love with Penelope. Mm. Like falling in love with this baby, like I had a baby on my phone, like I was obsessed with the idea of this child. Because if I wasn't obsessed with the idea of this child, it wouldn't break your heart if you realized that Coco had an abortion. You know what I mean? And it, it just sheds light on the fact that women who make these decisions aren't making them lightly. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for that. And you know, I get to throw some shade too, so that's fine. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> oh, Penel you that looks like that would be you and Troy's baby too. Penelope. Penelope is beat. Yeah. She's gorgeous. Beat. Gorgeous. We knew you and Troy would have pretty babies, but we also knew he was not ready to take care of one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, oh, now I'm just nostalgic about that episode. That was such a good episode. Yeah, really good. Um, I Sam, our girl Sam. <laughs> she's, she's owning her our white little man problem. now. <laughs> our little problem. I love her. Um, I love Sam because uh, playing her has been such an exploration of a character who's allowed to discover and and have faults and be so aggressive or believe she's so aggressively right and then be sometimes told she's wrong and and I I just I feel like it's it's an exploration of a character that you don't see a lot. You don't see like a you, when when brown girls are put on television, they're usually put on television as like you know, quaffed and perfect, and and those exist. But I don't know. Being able to show that women even can be multifaceted when it comes to like not having to be perfect all the time. I love that about Sam. And I think also when I first signed on to play her, or was blessed to play her, I remember seeing the movie and seeing myself in that character. And so when it came across my email, I remember I sent it to my agents. I was like, hey, you guys made a mistake. You sent me something that already exists. I saw this movie. And they were like, no, Logan, it's going to Netflix. And I went, I'm, this is me. Like, I, well, this, this is it. And the exploration of playing someone who I saw myself in, who I still see myself in, but who's different from me, but who I have parallels with, even this journey with press has opened me up in ways I could have never imagined. I've learned so much about myself, about the world, about how the world sees me, about how I want to be seen, how I want the world to engage with me and people around me. It's honestly just been the biggest kind of a shell cracking I could have imagined. So for me, it's everything that kind of comes with playing this character. Cool, cool. And if there are, if there were any audience questions, that would be a good time to hand them. I don't know who's well, doing nobody that. Nobody took the cars when know. she was walking yes. down the aisles. So. Um, wow. But while we wait for that or see what happens with that, I do want to ask you guys about the dynamics on the show because what I love is seeing certain characters play together. Like I didn't think I would enjoy, but like Sam and Lionel and their little mystery Scooby Doo run. Like I love that. They're so fun together. <laughs> They're so fun together. It's two little journalist researchers in the wild, and you know, and you know, even though Coco and Troy have their stuff, like I do, kind of still like their dynamic because she doesn't put up with his stuff. You know what I mean? And you already know how I feel about Reggie and my girl Joelle. So I want, but I wanted to hear from you guys what maybe your favorite dynamic this season on the show is that we could have to look forward to because I feel like you often mix characters that we didn't see get to play as much this season. Yeah, I, um, man, it's really hard to pick favorites, you know. <laughs> it really is. And when, we, and when you design a show, oh, here they come. Oh, I went for $15. <laughs> when, you, when you put a show together, you know, the part of the work in the writer's room is taking your inspiration. And a lot of times I have to say, if you love the characters, it's because you love these ladies and, and the gentlemen that play these characters because we're really drawing from their spirits and from their relationships and things we see them do and say. Um, it really inspires us in the room. But then you have to kind of work it. And the way that you work an ensemble is that everyone is like opposed and aligned 
in different ways so that you can put any character next to any other character and it's 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 instant you already you can see the scene because they're so specific and they have such specific takes on different things you know so that's part of it is is in the design of of the show and then we just kind of see what happens i mean i love brooke and lionel together personally because they hate each other so much and lionel who is so sweet get so crunk with her. <laughs> and she uh, pushes him in really funny ways, you know? And neither of them is here, so it's like a little bit easier because I don't have to, you know, we don't have to oh, play yeah. favorites with the ladies to my left. Right. Um, but honestly, like, I, I don't know that I have a favorite. Like, I, I, love, I love throwing people in, in the scenes and just seeing what happens, yeah. Yeah, and let me take the pressure off a favorite, but just something that you enjoyed this season, like a dynamic that you enjoyed this season. Does anybody else have any that come to mind? I like the new character. We have new characters that really excite me. I have a new favorite, and oh, yeah. um, uh, Deontay is one of my new oh, favorites. Yeah. He's a really fun character. He is. Cool. Um, man. Anything with Lionel dancing in it is just <laughs> is heaven for me. I, I just, like I like Coco and her friend this season. You know what? Ooh, Coco I got know. a new friend. I know. I know. I'm not I saying. Probably info, but uh -oh. not at the same time. I don't want spoiler alert or nothing, you know. But Coco got some friends this season. It is a hot girl summer. Some so. new friends. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like. I mean, you've seen them before, but I like Joelle and Reggie this season because you've never seen them like this before. I thought she was going to say someone else. What? No, I didn't say no, I thought say she was going to say Joelle and someone else. Okay, then I love Coco with everybody. If we're doing <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where that Let was going. Let's get our little chocolate love story. I love Sam and herself with her little gold toy in her room. Okay, wow, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. finally finds love, and y'all don't even want her to see. Wow. Okay, wait, 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 wait. People, can I say, can I, can I, can I, Joelle and Gabe are so good together. Oh, I was like, what? No, oh, I not, their not, side friendship though. Yeah, because yeah, no, they, because they both, that, that's the thing that happens, you know, when people are in couples for a while, like the, one, the partner becoming friends with the best friend, which does not always happen, child, but thank God when it does, because then y'all can both kind of, okay, well, how do we handle this motherfucker? You know what I mean? And that, that I, I've enjoyed seeing that kind of not, pl totally platonic love triangle. You know, it's fun to see y'all play with that. For sure. But is there anything you want to say about Marquis? I don't want to take that moment if you have Oh, excuse no, me. Marquis just fantastic. Okay. But I'm just saying, again, I think it's something that you've never, when you see season three, you realize you've never seen them like this before. Yeah. They've just been with other people or walking past each other, giving the eye. But this season, you really see them have face-to-face -face moments I think are really powerful. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay. So let's get to these little audience questions. Yes, audience this is questions. This for everybody. Who is your dream guest star? Let's pick somebody who hasn't been on yet. You said earlier. <laughs> Justin wasn't there, though. We want Meryl Streep on the show. She's doing TV now. Big little dear white people. <laughs> I would die. Yes, a professor. First of all, she's gonna be Sam's aunt. Yeah, yeah, she's my oh, aunt. Yes. Dear out. white lies. Dear white lies. Wow, this is a pitch session. I, Let's do, I mean, sure. Meryl Streep. Who's? Well, okay. Yeah, of course, of course. Y'all got Meryl Streep more money. <laughs> That's what I said. The they new version of McDonald's money. Y'all got, got Meryl Streep money. Y'all got Meryl Streep money. For the love. The enthusiasm the in your eyes is why I love you. <laughs> I love that about you. I said we didn't have Meryl Street money, but they looked at me like I was crazy. Um, With anything is possible, I believe. I believe. I believe. Yeah. Me too now. Believe. You gotta speak it out and tweet it out. Meryl. So go ahead. You, you know your role now. <laughs> What'd you say? What did someone say? Yeah, exactly. Ask Netflix. Yeah. Let's ask ne Netflix is here somewhere. Okay, let's we're ask not going for Netflix. No, let's bring them up. Bring them up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> next question. Now, does anybody else have any dream guest stars, or are we going to stick with Meryl? I like that. Meryl. I'm obsessed it's real with... real cute. Obsessed. I don't want to pronounce her name wrong, with Gugu Mbatha Ra. Mm. Yes. Who do you want Gugu to play? Somebody in Sam's could, family, Gugu right? Play. You looked at a light-skinned girl. Damn. Wow. Okay. Wow. Oh, hey, Sam, you look a little different. Hi. You're going to send Sam, Sam up the staircase and she's going to come back down a different person? 
That was the shadiest response. I did that on the Tyler Perry show. What you went up and Google came down? I came into the house and they they were like, You look different. No. Yes, they did. They did. And what'd you say? It's just in my head. I was like, what do you mean it's me? And then (laughs) and then Mr. Brown looked to the camera, he was like, somebody lying. And that was it. We never talked about it. That was it. Tyler Perry. Mr. Brown. Okay. Mr. Brown. Perry. Okay, next question, next question. Are there women writers helping to shape these char- uh, these characters this season? They want to hear about the women writers in the writers' room and if there are any black women directors coming up the pipeline this season. Whew. Yes, so many. Did Meg write that? Oh. No. I know, right? <laughs> Let's talk about diversity. Let's Sarah. not break the fourth wall. No, I mean, look, it would be disrespectful, straight up. It would be disrespectful to have Sam and Coco and Joelle in the full front of this ensemble and not have black women all over this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not even, it's not a popular, it's not a woke thing. It's just like, it's a, as an artist, duh, kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, absolutely. You know, we have some amazing uh, black women writers. Um, I mean, listen, we have a small room, I'll just name them. <laughs> but in Jerry Brown, who's incredible, of course, we got to talk about, um, I'm about to say Yvette Nicole Brown, Yvette Lee Bowser, you know, who created a little show called Different World, okay? I know who that uh, is. <laughs> y'all know who that is. Yeah. Uh, Leanne Bowen is uh, on the team. Nashua ain't a black woman but you know she's a woman of color she color nasty we love her is that everybody is that everybody it's a small room it's, yeah. then it's me uh, yeah. I don't really count as a full woman but you know <laughs> I have feminine energy my therapist says um <laughs> And in, and in terms of and in terms of the women direct and that's the right that's the whole team plus another dude named Chuck black homosexual and um, again not a woman Jack. but I said Jack I said Jack. Oh, you didn't hear Jack? You thought Jack. Jack is in the room, too. Jack is a white man. Just because he's um, a white one. <laughs> Jack is a white man. Um, brilliant as well. Um, but anyway, but, the, but on the director side, man, this was... This was woo! They put their foot in it. So let's talk about Sally Richardson-Whitfield, first of all. Legend. Okay. Oh. Sally fans? Not yes. only is she a legend, y'all, but as a direct, like, she's I study unreal. her. I mean, I oh my her God. this year. Like, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing. such a great director and fast. The thing is, when you bring when you bring Sally in, like, you know you're going to go home on time. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is not always true for me, okay? Uh, we have, a, we have a, a director named Sam Bailey, who um, you probably don't know her name because, like, she's done some shorts and stuff. But I'm telling you, man, one of my favorite, favorite episodes, Cheryl Dunye came through through with my favorite episode, I think, this season. She directs the episode where we meet uh, Coco's mom. Uh, And then Tiffany Johnson, who's been a friend of mine forever. And just one of, I mean, she's me, but like a woman and therefore better (laughs) and young and ready and hungry. I mean, she just tore up this episode as a director. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of black women directing this season, mostly black women directing. As Love it, it should be. As it should be. Yeah. As the world should be. But anyway. Um, so this was a good question. Somebody asked, is it hard to keep up with the refer- to keep the references, politics and pop culture when the world moves so fast? So for example, by the time the season comes out versus when you wrote it, is it hard to keep things timely? It depends on what the joke is. Because if you're making a joke, it just depends on what the joke is. You know, like we we make fun. We do shows within a show because if we were just going to talk about the show, then it would go. Then it wouldn't matter. But then, like, we made up the show, so like, you can still see what's funny uh, on the screen. You know, whether or not you know exactly what we're referencing. Um, and I think that I think that probably comes from just the double consciousness of being a black person. You know, you know that you're always speaking to two or three different people at the same time. That's just the way it is. And so when we make these jokes, we're always making sure that we're making other jokes too so that when this moment passes there's still it still has something to say i mean the simpsons is kind of like that like you can still watch like the third season of the simpsons with all of its very 90s references and the shit is so funny because what they're making fun of is human nature you know by way of popular culture and and that's what we try to do too um, and on the other side, because somebody says in pop culture, particularly with black entertainment, we talk a lot about the content, but um, as far as like topical things, but not about the technical craft. So they want to know what is the thought process about the show's amazing cinematography and some of the shots, the way that it sh- was chosen to be shot. 
Well, the first thing is that it's cinema that we're making. You know, we're not, I, I, I draw a line between visual storytelling and cinema. We're doing cinema, which means that the visual style of the show is, is the story. Like if you watch our episodes on mute, you can still follow what's happening because like we're trying to, we're trying to give you visuals that tell you the story, you know, not just look pretty. Not, we don't, I don't do a show where it's just pretty people talking. I get very bored. First, that's really the truth. I just get bored. The other part of it, like, I love having a director that hasn't had a shot yet to do them get to do them. And so, you know, we have a lot of new directors. Um, a lot, oh, oh my gosh, uh, Marta Cunningham. I can't believe I forgot. Marta Cunningham, also fabulous black woman director. You know, they work on other shows and they kind of, have to do the paint by numbers thing. You know, you got to direct it the way the person who did the pilot. I, I think of my show like jazz. Like, I lay down a melody, but then I want people to come in and give me something new that I couldn't do, you know? And so to really just open up a space and let these directors just go. Like, no, give me your whole ass. I want it. Like, give it. Like, show them. Show them who you are in this episode. Um, so it, it just, part of it is because that's just what I want to watch. Part of it is because I like I like giving people a shot, and I like seeing what hungry, talented people do with the shot. Um, and part of it is just like, like I said, I just get, I'd be so bored if we weren't doing if we were just filming pretty people in pretty ways. Right, right. So there's a teacher in the audience who wants to know. They teach at a predominantly uh, minority public school, and they, do you give any thoughts to how dear white people may prepare students as they try to enter? Um, Predominantly white schools, is there any thought? All the time. I mean, you know, I don't sit down and, like, come up with a solo, but, you know, I, I think about, like, how do we say things that people know is true but are afraid to say? You know, I like to, I like to give room to people, our audience in particular, to um, experience these things before they encounter them. And, and sometimes, like, that comes off as shady, but the truth is is that you got to know sometime how the world is. And I think, like... You know, I, I, it is kind of what it is. I, I, I feel like as an artist, not telling the truth and not giving a, a place for people to experience their feelings and the things that they're going to encounter, not always the pretty stuff, you know, sometimes the hard stuff too. I think that's a really important role of art. Absolutely. Okay, so our final two questions. One is real quick. It's about the music. Mm. You know, I think what I love about Dear White People, Insecure Atlanta, all these black shows that they put on a lot of black artists that are up and coming, you know, whether I was hearing Sonder on Atlanta's trailer, which I was like, what? Or, you know, so I want to hear what... what Got Meg the Stallion on... Oh! Uh, on our trailer. Yes, yeah. Meg. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is it Megan or Meg? It's Meg. It's both. Oh, I think, yeah. Listen, it, Meg, wait, is Megan. It, it depends on the rap, the bar. We love her. It's oh, Megan it's the Megan Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Well, we oh, love her. we calling her Meg. The Stallion. We love her. <laughs> we love her. Yes, I love that. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's, it's a few people's names you should know. Chris Bowers, who Chris did our score. Yes. Chris this is amazing. He's amazing. Like, for real. Like, you know, and the, the bar is pretty high because it's like Tchaikovsky. And like, you know, it's like, it's, it's classical music and jazz. And like, that's always been the sort of sonic world of the show and he can do both like proficiently and he even produces some of the songs that like come out as you know what I'm saying like he's he's amazing and then we have Morgan Rhodes who's our music supervisor and she is just like one of these people who is like you know she just has records that you ain't even heard of you don't even know you don't even know what you're missing and she just comes in like with every single spot for a song with brilliant brilliant ideas and it's like the so if we didn't choose any of the songs that we chose that y'all love the second choice would also blow your mind you know yeah, what I mean yeah. she's that good I can't wait for the playlist every season I go to get that's that right playlist. that's right um final question is for the ladies I think it's a great place to end and what would be your dream storyline for your character that hasn't happened yet like a yes girl storyline do my job Just careful <laughs> give them some true. ideas for season four <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because we, we got asked, not the same question, but a question that was like similar, but this is not the same question, so I'm going to yeah. answer differently. Um, a dream storyline for Sam. Um, I, I, I feel like Sam has done a lot of like discovering, and I would love to see her like thrive in a way that doesn't depend on anyone else's like, you know, um, what is the like validation like like she just not even worried about that and and just like thriving in her own and and just doing her thing i'm not sure what that looks like but just like a i have a couple notes um <laughs> <just kidding. laughs> 
I'm kidding. Oh my God, tell your stories. I'm sorry. I was feeling that. I'm sorry. The end. Okay. Cool. Also, I did say like Sam and Gabe get married, but it was like in a dream like sequence. In a like, dream sequence. Okay. Further like. On a rocking 70. chair and everything. <laughs> Season four, episode one. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's wedding. <laughs> How about you, uh, for Coco? What would you love to see? You know what? I want to see. I want to see Coco in love, like, but like really in love, right? No f boys need apply. <laughs> I, I really want to see. I want to see her open up with someone. Um, I mean, we also know that she's going to make boss moves regardless. But I feel like um, in this world, like women have to choose, right? Like either you're super successful or you're, you know, you have a relationship and you're married and whatever the case may be. But I kind of want to see her be with someone that we don't expect at all, i.e. not Troy. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but they, they, I don't know if that's end game or not, but I'm just going to put it out there. Because <laughs> I said last year I wanted, to be, I wanted to be. I don't work for Marvel. I don't know my no end game. <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just saying. I just want to see her actually in love with someone. Like, she's falling in love with herself now. So I think it would be nice to see her fall in love with someone. It's usually yeah. the next step. First yourself, then the next 100%. person that becomes yeah. divine. So maybe, yeah. yeah. How about you, Ashley? I would love to see who Jobel came from. And what I mean by that is, like, who were, her, who were her parents? Because I... Because I am a huge fan of therapy, which I really hope, every, I really suggest everyone goes to therapy. It's amazing. <laughs> but yes, therapy, come on. Yes, yes. yes you therapy. You get a therapist. You get a therapist. Listen. Yes, yes. Um, that's the secret. That's the real secret. <laughs> okay. Justin, how do you make it? Therapy. Therapy. Um, but so much of who you are is because of who you came from. So I would love to see who she came from and what that was like. Ooh, now I'm thinking of parents and backgrounds and siblings. Oh my goodness. I think Angela Bassett should play Joelle's mom. Will y'all do me a favor? Yeah, will y'all will y'all will y'all tweet her? We, I'm serious. Angela, Angela, right? Because low key, if like all of y'all did it, it, she would be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> okay. Everybody can play a part in do the it. grand scheme of. And things. if y'all don't do it, we have your name. Oh names my gosh! And then can Courtney back? B. Vance be my dad? Okay, you're going oh too far. Oh my gosh! The real. Pa- Here's the tea. We we're still I on. Love a, Courtney B. Well, I do too, but you know we we need to pay for all. The episodes. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll t- we'll do this off stage. Maybe they'll give us a couple rate. It's going. <laughs> yes, couple rate. Right? I they love could a totally rate. be my parent. Listen, <laughs> we're working on it. Are y'all working on it? That's the question. I don't see no phones out. I don't I see really any phone. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna feel this. You ain't got no phone out. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for this time. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening. 92i Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92iondemand.org.